You're listening to a Wheels on the Ground production. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Clonawilly.com. Clonawilly and Clonapussy are do-it-yourself molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a sex toy at home. All materials are ethically sourced and 100% body safe. If you shop at Clonawilly.com right now and use the promo code DARKPOD at checkout, you can get 20% off site-wide. Wow! That's a deal that cannot be cloned. I talked to one of the representatives the other day, and they are more than willing to answer any questions you have about how to make your own clone willy or clone pussy, how to use the kit. They're so, so willing to go on this journey of cloning a willy or cloning a pussy with you, and they're super nice and super responsive to any concerns. So if you want to pick up your own clone willy or clone a pussy kit right now, head over to clonawilly.com and use promo code DARKPOD, that's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout right now. And remember, this is a deal that cannot be cloned. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I want to tell you all about a really awesome deal that I got from my friends and new sponsors, Adam and Eve the number one adult toy superstore, they reached out to me and they said, Andrew, we love Disability After Dark. We love your show. We love what you're doing. And we were wondering if you wanted to run some ads for us. And I was like, fuck yes, I do. But what are my awesome listeners going to get if I run ads for you? What are they going to get out of this? And they came back with a really fantastic deal that I want to share with you right now. I hope you're getting comfy, cozy, and crippled because this deal is pretty great. If you go to AdamEve.com, you can pick out almost any item in the store, almost any one item in the store, for 50% off. That means you can get one dildo, one lube, and one thing of lingerie if you want for 50% off. And then, once you get that one item for half price, they throw in even more free stuff. Let me tell you all about it. Okay, so you got your one item at half price in your bag and you're ready to go, but guess what? This offer also includes 10 free items on top of that that other item. So you get one free item for penis havers, one free item for vulva havers, one free item for couples, and then you also get six free movies from the AdamEve.com website. You can get your favorite porn or an educational film. I love free movies. They're so awesome. This is such a great deal. And then, on top of that, you also get free shipping. What could be better? This is such a great offer.
So to redeem this great offer, what you're going to do is you're going to go to adameve.com. You're going to go to checkout and you're going to type in dark pod. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout. And you're going to get one item, almost anything in the store at 50% off. And then you're going to get those 10 free gifts, absolutely free as part of your offer. This is such a great deal. And this is just for you, Disability After Dark listeners. And I hope you run over to AdamEve.com and take advantage of it right now. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. This is a podcast that looks at disability stories. It's like sitting down with a really close friend to have a real conversation about disability, sexuality, and everything else about the disability experience that we don't talk about. The things about being disabled we keep in the dark. Here is your deliciously disabled host, disability awareness consultant, Andrew Gerza. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. Thank you so much for clicking on this brand new Saturday edition of Disability After Dark. Welcome. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get the show started. I'm your disabled daddy, Andrew Gerza. Let's get started, friends. A couple of housekeeping things. I have a new announcement that I made on the social media the other day on my Andrew Gerza underscore social media accounts. And I'm now here to tell you that I'm actually going to do it. And I'm excited to tell you all about what I'm going to do right now. So I'm going to, I've wanted to put extra kind of content in this podcast in different formats for a while. And I have done, you've seen us do pop-up bonus series, quarantine and chill, palsy in the pandemic, all that kind of stuff. You've seen us add different shows in the feed, like the the Crypt Times podcast, stuff like that. Well, I've decided that I want to do another podcast within a podcast, just like we do with the Handicast. I want to do another one on this show, and I want to have it on its own separate day, and I'm so excited. So you've heard me do history history type episodes on this show before right we've done the history of the wheelchair we've done um the history of the word cripple we've done stuff like that well i decided that i wanted to make the history and disability thing a whole new series by itself and so i've decided to start a new series on this show called cripology which will be shining a bright light on our disabled past. And it's going to be a whole new series all about disability and history that I'm so excited by. I want to have guests who are interested in disability history on this series. And it's going to drop, your very first episode will drop August 30th. Monday, August 30th at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time will be the very first episode of this show. This one will be me heavy, pretty much where I do research and I read you the research and we talk about stuff and where I do some Googling and I find out some cool historical facts, but really excited about cryptology, really excited about doing something new on this channel and just wanted to let you know. So yeah, stay tuned for that on August 30th at 10 a.m. 
Eastern Standard Time. The very first episode of our new series, Creepology, will drop right on this feed. So get ready and get excited to shine a big bright light on our disabled past. Just a few more quick housekeeping things. Remember that you can sign up to be on the show or do a Minnesota or email me any thoughts or ideas for Creepology or anything else about the show by, by emailing us at our new email address, disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com. So email us at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com from now on and um, let us know you want to be a part of the show. Be involved. Do all those things. It'd be super great. And we would love to hear from you. So please send us an email if you want to to our new shiny brand new email address because Google was being weird and the other email address had to get shut down. So yeah, send me an email to there. Um, also, if you want to support the show, of course, go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark and you'll get the main Saturday episodes one day early, completely ad-free, as well as a possible shout-out from me. Probably a shout-out from me. Most likely you will, yeah. A weird pun from me. You'll get something from me for sure. But um, support the show if you can, or leave us a review on all the places where you listen. I would really appreciate that. But now, let's get to the actual show. On the show today, I sit down with my new friend, Gabriela Salgado, as we talk about her experiences being somebody with cerebral palsy and her experiences working with a, volunteering with a place called Association of Horizons in Illinois, where they have adult summer camp for people with disabilities. And we recorded this a few months ago, back in May, so I'm a little bit late releasing this one. But I'm really, really excited to chat with her and we talk w- with her about the importance of this camp and what this camp means for her as a disabled person, how this camp has made her feel free as a disabled person, how she doesn't feel physically disabled when she's there, the importance for her of connecting disabled people and non-disabled people together at this camp. Um, We talk a little bit about her experiences dating, her experiences of all that, and how it's been a trash fire for her, and so much more. I really, really enjoyed sitting down with her, and I hope you enjoyed this interview too. We talk a little bit about her experiences with, um, you know, losing function and disability grief and stuff like that. There's a whole lot that goes on here. We talk a little bit about her disabled childhood. We talk a little bit about a lot of stuff here. So I hope you enjoy sitting down with my new friend, Gabriela Salgado, as she explains why she's kind of a take-no-shit kind of person, and I loved chatting with her. So enjoy this brand new episode with my new friend, Gabriela Salgado, right now on Disability After Dark. Gabriela Salgado, hello. Hi, Andrew. How are you? Good. I'm so good. So nice to have you on the show. Thank you for being Thanks here today. Thanks for having me. Of Thanks course. Thanks for having it's me. Such a pleasure. And it's so nice to see you, like to like be able to see another disabled person on my Zoom today. So it's great. Thank you again for having me. I'm excited. I have no idea what we're talking about, but I have some idea, but not, um, I'm ready to wing it. Let's put it that way. I've never done a podcast before. 
Oh, man, your first. Wow. So I popped your podcast cherry. That's cool. Yes. You, yes, you did. I'd never heard that before, but I love it. I just made it up right now. So I don't think it's a real thing, but I'm really glad that uh, that you the very first podcast you are on is a disability podcast. That's great. Awesome. Um, Let me just say, I, I you said I don't that popping my podcast cherry wasn't a thing. I think you just made it a thing. Because I plan to use that phrase again later. <laughs> as, as I choke on my... <clears throat> as I choke on my own excitement and because I'm a shitty editor, everyone's going to hear me do that. So that's fine. Sorry, everybody. Um, <clears throat> the joys of being disabled. But, yes. Gabriella, I am so not, I'm so excited to have you here and I'm so excited to have you on Disability After Dark. Let's, let's jump right in. Absolutely. Um, so can you, and before we get to the questions I wrote down, can you introduce yourself a little bit to the audience? Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, I'm, um, I'm a quad. My name is Gabriela Salgado. I'm very, um, I wouldn't say happily, but I'm very, um, just very well adjusted to the quad life. I have cerebral palsy and it affects all four limbs. So that includes my arms and my legs. Um, Despite having a college degree, I am currently not employed, but I am very satisfied um, because as of now, I am working, doing a ton of volunteer work with a nonprofit known as the Association of Horizons. We are based here in Illinois, and one of our cornerstone programs uh, is we, uh, we provide a summer camp, a week-long uh, sleepaway summer camp for individuals. Uh, primarily adults with physical disabilities. And I love this program because uh, it's not a program that you see a lot of once people that no, focuses really on. Yes, exactly. Mostly, right? Yes. Um, mainly you see summer <clears throat> camps that focus on children. We primarily try to focus on um, providing our summer camp for adults because that's not something you see that becomes available to adults as uh, no. over the age of 18. Yeah, you age out after 18. I, exactly. I went to summer camp for years. Exactly. From when, I was eight, from when I was eight to 18, I went to summer camp. And it was, oh, that was some of the greatest moments of my life were there. And I, I didn't even know they had services like this for adults. Like that's, well, see, we're one of the very few, um, one, we're one of the very few organizations in existence that specific uh, that uh, primarily focuses on adults. That's why a lot of people don't really know about us because we're very grassroots. We're all volunteer based. So wow. I mean, all of it's all of it's volunteer based. Yes, that's so so okay. So I mean, we kind of jumped all over the map here, but I'm here already. So 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 tell me, just tell me more about Association of Horizons and tell me like how you got involved. Um, I got involved through a friend in the summer of 2015 because I basically was just sitting at home doing nothing. I wanted something to do. I didn't even know that this program was in existence. Um, he's like, my friend basically emailed me and said, come to summer camp. I was, and I was astonished because I didn't know that there was such a summer camp in existence. I said, "Yeah, there's a summer camp for adults, really? Um, and I looked them up. I filled out the paperwork. We, I had an entrance interview. I was accepted, and I've been um, 
attending as a camper and also uh, um, I'm very active within the organization itself as a board member and a committee member with uh, planning fundraisers, getting the word out, uh, looking for donations within the community. And our, our goal, our main focus is to provide, um, is to empower individuals with physical, uh, empower adults with physical disabilities through opportunities of social uh, friendship, opportunities of social recreation, so that way they can develop friendships with not only other individuals with physical disabilities, but also individuals from the able-bodied community. That's really, and so when I went to summer camp, like when I was a kid, you know, the, 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 the staff did my care and all that stuff. Is, is personal care provided at this camp? Absolutely. We have, a, um, we have a wonderful set of volunteers, which we recruit every year. Some of our campers are, are volunteers, excuse me, are returning members that we've had for a number of years um, that just keep coming back because they love what we do. But yes, we uh, provide uh, what's known as an attendant or a um, PCA, or a, right? Yes. Instead of using the term camp counselor, we like to use the word attendant. That way, um, they're, the, each attendant, each volunteer attendant is assigned a camper and they're there to assist with the camper's needs throughout the entire six days, which is what our, the length of our camping experience. And we have a wonderful support team that is also on site that encompasses our board members um, that is able to help the volunteers if they feel um, something's a little bit challenging or if they like to ask for assistance, we encourage them to reach out to veteran volunteers that have already done this before and ask questions, ask for help. Um, so no one is like left alone. No one is ever alone. Um, we have a wonderful team of staff on site 24 seven throughout the camping experience. So that way our families as well as uh, our campers um, are secure and they feel safe and they're having fun in the process. Yeah, now, and what kind of, so like, I, 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 I went on the website last night and I saw some of the photos and I saw people like canoeing and I saw people like on a bridge hanging out and I saw like really cool campy stuff, but like what other stuff do you do at Association of Horizons? Well, um, um, well the camp itself has very different activities for, uh, the, for the entire week. We usually every summer we have a theme and we try to center our activities around that theme. And yeah. on a given day, we have a number of, of activities going at a given time. We have a schedule that our campers get um, on the day they arrive that basically gives them a timetable of the things that are available to them um, at a given time. Uh, there's always something to do in between meals. We swim, we fish. There's on a given day, we could do yoga. We have special activities at night, like the carnival. Um, then we have the friendship dance to wrap up the week at the end, which everybody loves. That is a fan favorite. Um, but for the past two years, this year included due to COVID, we've had to transition and pivot to virtual camp instead of in-person. So Boo, this gonna, I mean, I mean, yeah, you, of course you've had to, but it still sucks. <laughs> yes, it still sucks because we're so accustomed 
to seeing each other that are, you know, our campers and our volunteers are sort of like a family. So the fact that we haven't seen each other in person uh, just through our weekly Zoom chats that we've um, developed because of the pandemic is kind of sad for us, but it's bittersweet because we're still able to see each other, but we still miss each other because we haven't physically seen each other in about almost two years for the most part. Yeah, it's, it's, and I remember how important those relationships were at camp. Like I remember I have friendships from that time that have lasted 25 years. And so I remember how, how important they were. And oh, I can imagine for the camp, I can imagine for both the campers and staff, it's really hard. So with, with um, Association of Horizons, what do you think, um, you know, you talk about on, on the website, it says like, you know, transcending limitations and creating community of disabled and non-disabled people. Well, why do you think it's important to have a community of non-disabled and disabled people working together? What is that, what is that important? Let me try again. What, why is that important to you and to the people there? Having a community of both disabled and non-disabled is very important, at least to me anyway, because um, this is the way I believe society should look and it doesn't. Because as of now, um, aside from my work with the Association of Horizons, society in general doesn't know how to integrate individuals with disabilities into society. They don't know how to see us as equals. And that's a big problem for me as I would hope it is for other individuals with disabilities as well. But that's why, um, in the, that's why the Association of Horizons is so important to me because it's during that week, uh, specifically with our summer camp, that as it relates to that, it's during that week that I don't consider myself physically disabled. I don't consider myself to have limitations because I'm actually able to do everything. Um, even, even if it's with a little assistance, I'm actually able to take part in, um, in all the activities and I'm able, I'm able to have real, genuine conversations with people. And I'm not seen as someone with a disability. I'm seen as Gabriella. So that's why it's important to me. That's great. Now I can hear people listening going like, oh, what do you mean you're not physically disabled? Like, obviously you are physically disabled, but I, I find, I always find it interesting when people with disabilities say there are moments where I don't feel that way. And I think I just, I would love for you to expand on like, what does it mean for you to not feel physically disabled in those moments? It means for me anyway, that, you know, in those moments, specifically when I'm working um, or yeah, I'm working with the Association of Horizons, be it on a fundraiser or at their summer camp or just doing something related to the Association of Horizon, my, my disability doesn't exist. They see me as their equal. They see me as a person who is uh, working their butt off towards a common goal of, of providing someone else with a week-long experience where their disability doesn't exist as well. They're just a person looking to have fun, trying to live their best life. You know, there, and it's the simplest things that mean the most. It's like 
getting out of my wheelchair and being able to swim or getting out of my wheelchair and being able to go on a boat for boat night. And that's what it means. It means freedom. That's really, you know, when I was a camper and I, I've said this in a past episode, but when I was a camper, I being there, I too felt free and I too felt like, and I was a kid and it was different, but like, I wonder, I am curious though, is there like a sexy component to this adult camp or does that, is that not something that you <laughs> the, Um, There, I mean, we have our stories and I won't, it, I won't uh, go too much in depth to, you know, the kind of pranks that we pull, but we know we're, we're adults and we try to keep it adult-ish, but at the same time, we try to keep it clean and of course. try to keep yes we, ba- you know, we and have boundaries safe and you know all that stuff of course of course exactly exactly and you know but at the same time as i said we are adults and we mainly our audience is adults so we want to keep it age appropriate so like i said we have our jokes we have you know the things that we do to make it fun but it's all within reason and it's all keeping it safe so there is no- listen i gotta t- i gotta tell you if i was there and i knew it was adult camp <laughs> things would be going down i can tell you right now <laughs> oh andrew i don't know i mean we would have to vet you very carefully before very ca- to- <laughs> i don't know i would we would have to obviously with consent and love of course all those things but i can tell you right now <laughs> i would be the one that everybody would be like that guy is horny for people all the time uh, but you know, to each throne. But like I said, we would have to vet you very carefully before allowing you <laughs> to attend camp. And I think we would have to set a little bit of a few more extra rules just for you, just to make sure that I. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you know, I remember being at summer camp, being a teenager when I went to my camp, and you know, of course there were boundaries, and of course they wanted everybody to feel safe. But there were definitely moments where me and one of one of the counselors very close in my age we're the just about the same age we definitely almost made out and it was like not it was not appropriate in any way but it you know stuff happened so i'm saying my curiosity was like if it's an adult camp i think it's going down but it's good to know that like yeah it's important to know that there are boundaries there yes like but I wonder. I get, what you, I get what you mean, but we also have an adage that says, you know, we try to keep it safe and age appropriate and keep the sense of, of humor course. in it. Um, but like I said, if if uh, if we were to allow Andrew to come to camp, and I'm not saying we wouldn't, <laughs> but we would have to watch you closely. I so. mean, so <laughs> I mean, and of course, people listening, we're just totally joking around. Of course, oh, absolutely. I would, of course, I would be, you know consentful of people and I would make sure that we felt safe and we're just playing around because I'm horn dog but but <laughs> I am um, I really like that this camp is there and I love that it's available like I have not heard of an adult camp like this um sign me up seriously if you need if you, need, well, you like, can always go to our website and if you're interested you can ask for additional information we are the uh we are at the association of horizons.org um there's uh just look at our links on our website you can also sign up for virtual camp uh, that is scheduled to take place in July. Uh, It'll be all via Zoom due to COVID, of course. Um, You can also find out more information about our fundraising efforts 
who we are, what we do and things like that. And we'd love to have you. I would love to like, I'd love to be a part of it sometime. It sounds, it sounds really great. What is your favorite part of camp? Uh, there's so much there. I can't name one specific activity or one okay. specific part of All camp. right, well, name a bunch. Tell me a bunch. Tell me um, lots. I love to swim because I love the idea of being able to get out of my chair. And to me, water yeah. is so freeing. So my favorite yeah. part is swimming. So if I could spend the entire I, day in the pool, I'm good with that. I, I love swimming. And I haven't been in a pool in about, honestly, about five years. Um, oh, wow. And I, it's my favorite thing to do. But it's about it's finding someone that that is that trusts you, that you trust enough, and that trusts you to like go and do something. The only person that really lets me do that is my mom, and so we just haven't been able to because because COVID and also because like just going to a place where there's a pool it can be hard sometimes. So like, and also my mom's getting older. But I when I went to summer camp, I loved the pool. And I love being able to be free. What other things at the camp do you like to do? Um, well, I love boat nights. And um, we are actually, are, um, we are located right off of uh, a river. I think it's the Bloomington Normal River in Illinois. Oh, nice. I know exactly where you are. I did a, I did a talk in Normal oh, like the, some years ago. We so are we about were... 20 minutes from uh, Normal Bloomington Normal or uh, ISU. That's what I use as my... Land yeah, that's where I did. Where that's I where I did the talk. I did the talk at ISU, and so I totally remember being there. And um, ISU was a great, a great, great school. And if anybody wants to hire me to go back there, let me know, people. <laughs> Listen to you trying to do a trying to do a quick shout out to see if you can get hired somewhere else. Yeah, someone hire me to do. To... <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, this, or Association of Horizons, if you need a celebrity to like endorse your stuff, let me know. Hey, that's what I'm doing. What do you think I'm here? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm here because I want to talk about we are, living with a disability. Both celebrities. You can mm. totally endorse all your things. Um, well, I'm working on it. I'm not a celebrity yet, but in the perfect world, I would be. Well, after people listen to this episode, you, I'll make sure you run. Cross your fingers. I mean, I can't cross them because disability, but they are crossed in my heart. Well, cross um, everything. Cross your eyes. <laughs> cross amazing. those hands. Yes. We, I mean, so tell me a little bit about your, we, let's shift gears a little bit. We talked about Camp Horizons, or Camp, Camp Horizons, right? That's what. Camp, uh, Horizon Camp is how we call it. Okay. We talked about Horizon Camp. We talked mm-hmm. about your disability a little bit. Let's talk about your experience being disabled in dating because we all know that can be a trash fire uh what has it been like for you it is a wild fire not a trash fire a wild fire that is slowly (laughs) expanding (laughs) um dating has been a nightmare and i'm um gonna be very transparent about this because that's just how i am i have zero filters uh and that's why i get myself into a lot of trouble but that's okay like me or not I don't, I don't really, it doesn't bother me. Um, but um, dating, dating has been a hot mess. And again, in all honesty, I'm going to admit, I'm 36 years old. I haven't dated, not for lack of trying. But guys just see a girl in a wheelchair and they don't see the girl, they see the chair. I've tried plenty of fish, which I um, stay away if you can, because 
Yeah, it's a hot mess. Yeah, because the only the only people that are on Plenty of Fish are murderers. And um, scammers. I, I can't tell you how many documentaries I've watched where somebody was like, met a guy on Plenty of Fish, he tried to kill me. Literally, that's what the documentary is. So, Dude, I know. It's scary. It's scary. It's terrible. It's really scary. So, like, I don't blame you. So, okay. So, give me... Give me the good, the bad, and the ugly of your dating experience. Do you have any stories you can share? Oh, my goodness. The stories. Um, I have seen enough dick pics to last a lifetime. And I'm sorry, okay. but go ahead. <laughs> First of all, so inappropriate. Friends, lovers, everybody, don't do this. I did it once to somebody, and they called me out, and I was like, okay, not doing that again. Like, that's not appropriate. And I've never done it since because it's not nice. Don't send unsolicited body photos without asking first. Exactly. I have seen enough of those photos to last me a lifetime. And trust me, I don't want to see it. I know I don't want to see appendages. I don't want to. Um <laughs> And the fact that I, I, think we, to... I think we just I think we just found the title of this episode. I don't want to see a passages. Exactly. And and the, but the fact that I have to say that it's like, come on, I am. Am I the only human that doesn't want to see, you know, other males bodies everywhere? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not. I mean, listen, you do when you get to know the person and things are going good. Sure. But. To have them unsolicited is not okay and not fair. Right. Exactly. So it's like. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm, honestly, Andrew, I'm about done with online dating because I tried plenty of fish, I tried match, and not a single date, just a whole lot of conversation. What about, what about camp? What about camp? What about, like... You know, camp is, and I've had this question be asked a lot. Um, what about camp? You know, believe it or not, most, some of our people, you know, we have married couples there, we have a boyfriend, girlfriends that are there, and you know, and um, the other percentage of people that are there, they're, they're my friends. They're my family. And I'm not yeah. ruling anything out. But for the most part, I just don't see them romantically, you know. And um, but at the same time, if if that, you know, if there is somebody within our population that's interested, don't be shy. You know, you, ha- you have to let me know, too. I'm, it's not a guessing game. I'm just not going right. to. not. So- so if you're, you know, if you're talking to like your one out there right now, if you're on the podcast, you're going to tell them all about why Gabrielle is the best. What is, give me your like best, you should, here's why you should date Gabriella. go. Oh, wow. Now I feel like I'm on the spot. I wasn't prepared for this one. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not soliciting myself either, but if you want to date me, just get to know me. Um, I'm funny. I'm a bit of a smart ass, but that's because I have a sense of humor and, you know, I may seem serious at first, but honestly, I'm not. That's just the, I'm not, a, I'm a hard shell to crack. Let's put it that way. Although I will say when I, when you first sent me emails, you were so professional that I was like, oh, I don't know who I'm going to get. You know what? And I feel like I have to be because that's the only way that I can be taken seriously. So that's why when yeah. people first meet me. They're like, oh my God, you're so serious. But now that I got to know you, you're so funny. You're, you know, you're such a smart ass. And, and it's like, yeah, that's, that's me. You just have to get to know me. You have to give me a little bit for, to let, uh, let me put myself out there because, you know, when I first, I'm, I don't like to 
put myself out there right away, I take my time because it's been hard. It's been hard on me emotionally. Um, you know, uh, growing up, there was a lot of self-confidence issues because I was disabled. So I've, but I've learned to adapt and I've learned I'm a work in progress because I'm learning to accept myself as I am. And I wish uh, people would just let, see let, it that way too. Let's go back a little bit for a second because something you said, I was like, oh, that's, let's, let's talk about your kind of growing up a little bit and you looking for self-confidence. Let's go there for a second. Tell me about that. Okay. Um, well, I'm a middle child of five. I have a twin brother. Uh, we're complete opposites. Um, he's very quiet. I was once very quiet and not anymore. People often wonder what happened. This is not the, uh, this is not the Gabriella that I know. This is somebody completely different. And, and I tell him, I said, yeah, this is not the one you used to know. I used to be quiet. I never used to there was no talk back. There was no fighting. I would just agree with everything that everybody said and just go along with it. But now it's just like there was a switch that flipped and um, I was done because I guess I figured it out that I figured out, at least from my perspective, that I wasn't living my best life. I was just existing. So, you know, after I reached a certain age, I was like, something's got to change. But growing up, I was really quiet. Um, I have, um, I have three sisters and a twin brother. I'm a middle child. Wow. So let me just say that I've, I've learned that if I don't use my mouth, I get lost in the shuffle. So, um, I mean, there's a sex joke in there for me too, but if I didn't, shut but, but, I left myself open for that one, didn't I? You really did. It was wide open. Sorry. Wide open. Wide open. Oh, um, but also like, you know, what you're saying, you know, I I have a very similar experience. I'm I'm the middle child of four. Um I have two brothers and one sister, two younger brothers, and older sister. And I had to use my mouth too because my brothers and sisters, my brother and sister had to help me do care and mm-hmm. do like help me with stuff. And so you you, you had to say, hey, I got to pee. Hey, I need help with this. Hey, mm-hmm. I need help with this. What was, did your family ever have to do care for you? What- well, actually, um, my family is still caring for me because um, I'm, I'm currently living at home with my parents. Most of my siblings have, except for my brother and I have, um, and my older sister, have made their own lives and moved on. And, you know, they, uh, my two sisters have full-time jobs. Um, two of my sisters have actually three of my sisters have full-time jobs. Let me correct myself. And, uh, two of them have children. So, you know, they have their own responsibilities and things that they need to do. So, um, as far as how I do self-care, I do what I can for the most part. And then, um, my mom is there as my caregiver to assist me with what I can and cannot do. And, um, but I tend to overdo it as far as trying to do too much. And now my body's like, you need to slow the fuck down. And I'm like, oh no, I'm not gonna slow down. That's just not me. That's not how I do things. So. Um, I mean, that's the great mindset, but I but I would uh, I would kind of agree with your body a little bit. Like it's okay to take a break. And so and I think what you may, and correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe what you're struggling with is like the realization that as we get older and as we, as our disabilities progress, 
things are hard when you get on. Like no one tells you when you're a cute disabled kid that like when you're 36 or 37 that, oh, you're going to have chronic pain. You're going to have soreness in your hips and you're going to have like, you're going to have a hard time doing stuff and it's going to be harder. No one tells you that when you're like an adorable, like disability kid. Right. Absolutely. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that doctors really don't know how we age. So doctors don't really know how to treat us once we get older. And at least that's what I found because like you said, we're a disability kid. So, but after the age of 18, it's like, the work. I mean, society doesn't know what to do with us anymore. It's like, oh, you wanted you wanted help, you wanted assistance. Yeah, we're not doing that. Sorry about that. Right. Uh, it's like you you're left out there on your own to figure it out, and that's basically what I've been trying to do. And that's why I started my um, blog and I started my Facebook page and Instagram because it's like, yes, this is my life, but it needs to come to some sort. There needs to be more attention on the fact of aging or being an adult with a disability. There needs to be more out there for us as far as services and medical care. And there just isn't. Yeah, it's really it's really shameful that every disabled person in the world, I'm pretty sure in the world, has has the same issue. When we hit 18, nobody really gives a fuck about us anymore. And that's it's upsetting. It's really, really hard to navigate. Um, some of the things you said, you know, you talk about your family moving on and having their own families and having their own jobs. And like, do you feel, because I remember when my, when my sister and my brother started work, like working and moving out and having all these milestones hit that I couldn't hit. Like, yes, I live on my own, but I live in supported care. And yes, I have all this stuff, but I did feel a sense of loss and kind of sadness that I would not have this. How, how do you feel about that? Um, you know, to be honest with you, you hit the nail on the head. There is uh, a kind of grief. There is a kind of sadness uh, that, you know, you're not reaching the same milestones as your siblings or your able-bodied counterparts. Um, for example, um, when my sister got married a couple years back and, and it was like, oh, I was happy for her. But at the same time, I felt kind of selfish because I was sad. I was sad for myself because I don't know if I'll ever see the day that I'll be able to get married or I don't know if I'll ever have the opportunity to have a wedding. So like I said, you hit the nail on the head when you said there's a sense of grief and sadness and loss because you just don't know if you're going to see those milestones as well. And also because you you know, you know, said the doctors don't know how we age and doctors don't know what to do. Doctors slough everything off and say, oh, they have CP. That's what it is. That's got to be what it is. So like, I always feel, and I, I've been feeling this out a lot of my social media recently. It's like, because you don't know how I age and because there's nothing for us, if I die early, like I'm also grieving the fact that there might be stuff I'll never, ever, ever get to do because you didn't know how to treat me. And, right. now, and now I'm fucked. Right, exactly. Because basically all I'm being treated for now, it's like uh, preventative care to per, I mean, well, not preventative care, but not, it, um, how do I say insurance companies kind of, don't yeah, believe in maintenance. They don't believe in maintaining the physical condition to them. It's just like, Oh, you broke a bone. Okay. Let's heal you up. But after you're done with therapy for six weeks to eight months to eight weeks, you're done. 
And it's like, well, what if it happens again? How can I keep it from happening again? And basically what insurance companies say to the disabled is, sorry, not sorry. If you don't need it right away, you don't, you don't really need it. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's so, and you're not the first person to come on the show and tell me how bad the U.S. healthcare, I mean, the U.S. healthcare system is not even, but not even like the Canadian healthcare system is not great either. Believe me, it's free here, but it's still not, it's still not disability centered care. And it's not. I and it needs to be because guess what, folks? All of us are going to be disabled at some point, so we should probably be focusing on disability-centered care so that we all get the things we need. Um, I'm just going to put that out there because that's how I feel. Uh, but now we kind of jumped all over the place, and we know you have CP, but tell me a little bit more, Gabriella, about how cerebral palsy impacts your day-to-day life. Um, day-to-day, um, it's different. I mean, there are some days where I'm fine, I'm not hurting, and there's some days where it's just hard to get out of bed because my muscles are tight. Um, my legs are tight, uh, you know, a lot. Um, cerebral palsy is my primary diagnosis, but I have a lot of um, secondary diagnosis associated as a result of rather of my CP. I have bad knees. I have herniated disc in my back. I have scoliosis. So, um, I mean, the um, day-to-day, it's a toss-up if I'm going to feel good or if I'm not. You know, if I have plans to go out, I may or may not cancel. And I'm sorry for those people that I've canceled on, but there's just, there's some days that I'm not feeling it. No, fuck it. Don't be sorry. Don't, (laughs) don't be sorry. Be like, listen, I had to survive. I love you, but my survival and my feeling good beats out our coffee date. Sorry. Exactly. And there's some days that I go out and by the time I'm back, I'm done. I'm spent. And the way I get around is most, you know, uh, the, the majority of people have access to cars, public transportation. I use paratransit. So I'm literally on the bus to get from everywhere I need to, to everywhere I need to go. So I could spend and from what up- I remember, when I was in Illinois, from what I remember, I took the paratransit once. It's not a great service. It's not fantastic. It's not. No, it's not. I mean, it's gotten better, but then it's gotten worse and it goes up and down. And because of the pandemic, you know, that's changed too. And it's just like, it's a toss up. That's why when I go out to lunch or when I go to a doctor's appointment, I'm usually sitting there earlier than what I have to be because I rather be there and then you're staying and then you're staying later than you have to be because you're waiting for the transit. So you right. Like, we know this. A one hour appointment for an for an average able bodied person takes us about four hours of just traveling. Exactly, and by the time that you're done and you make it to where you need to go and back, you're you're exhausted. Yeah, you're, you're completely zonked. Exactly. So day-to-day, um, um, to get back to your original question, day-to-day, um, how my CP affects my daily life is, uh, it varies. I can wake up with a lot of energy in one day and I can be done the next. And um, again, because I'm being very open and honest about the way I live, I also deal with uh, diagnosis of anxiety. So there's- Me too. Some, yes. Hi. Hello, fellow anxiety person. Hello, um, how's it going? Oh, as well as it can be, honestly, because there's some days that I just don't want to deal with people, but I don't have to have a choice. And everybody's like, <laughs> but you're smiling all the time. Well, I that smile uh, masks a lot of shit. 
it yeah. masked a lot of stuff that I rather not to talk to talk to people about. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about what about what the that kind of what I've done this thing on my social media called crippling anxiety, where I like say I have crippling anxiety about blah, and I use crippling anxiety as kind of a a joke to be like, here's how anxiety and disability play off each other. So, mm-hmm. what things are around being disabled do you have? anxiety about or what things make you anxious honestly I mean I don't really know specifically what triggers it but I a lot of it has to do with the fact that I can just feel people like looking at me like oh my god she's sitting in a chair all by herself and like if I go out to eat because I'm one of those type people that I don't have to be sitting with someone to just enjoy mm-hmm. being somewhere else I can very well sit yeah. alone and be okay with it but I but in my mind, I'm telling myself, there's people staring at me. They, you know, they're looking at me. They're watching me eat. I'm being judged because I'm here alone. And I'm just that poor little person in a wheelchair. That's what my mind tells me. But then it's like you have this, you have your anxiety on one side, and then you have that rational thought on the other. And they're trying yeah. to, like, uh, that rational thought is trying to defeat that uh, that negative thinking that you have because of your anxiety so it's a battle between the two and I'm very open about you know my struggles as being a disabled person and someone living with anxiety even though people some people think that I'm very I'm too open about it and the thing is if if, why is that why do why, why do people think you're too open what well because the way I was raised there's just some things you keep to yourself and there's just some things that you just don't say you just deal with it on your own you deal with it the way you know how you don't have to tell everybody everything and I the way I see it is this if if I can tell someone if I by sharing my story by sharing my life by being so open and transparent if it can help somebody get through their day or through their life and be able to relate to me in some way and realize that there is a way to get through it, then so be it. I will be as open as I have to be. Um, and, but, and I totally agree with you and it's so online and so on brand with what I do. Like, I think, you know, there, and there have been people in my circle that have been like, whoa, man, you really shouldn't have said that about that. I'm like, why? It's the truth. Like people need to know the experience of disability for what it is in real time. And we need to stop sugarcoating it to make other people feel good. Sometimes sometimes disability doesn't feel good and it's okay to talk about that. Exactly. And, and the other thing is this, I mean, if something that I say or if something that you say bothers someone else, though, I mean, this is my opinion, but the way I see it, that's their problem and not mine they have to look within themselves and figure out that why is it what I said bothered you so much? Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's their issue. Not my issue. Like, I feel like you're a take no shit kind of person. I kind of like that. That's That's basically it. And that gets me into a lot of trouble because as I said, I have zero filters and even my friends are like, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done that. And my thing is, well, why not? Why not? What was the problem? You know, that's yeah. if if you have a problem with something I did, if you have a problem with something I'm said, I said, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. At the same time, I'm not going to sit there and insult you or make fun of you or 
you know, demean you in any kind of way. But yeah, um, what if you have an issue with what I say, then, you know, that's your issue and not mine. Do you think your disability has kind of spurred you on to be this vocal about your stuff? Like what? Uh, no, I don't even think it was my, my disability per se that has spurred me to be this open and transparent. Um, as I said earlier, I was there when I was younger, I was just simply going through the motions and existing. And it took um, losing my aunt a couple years ago to very suddenly for that matter to realize that uh, I, I wasn't living, I wasn't living life. I was just going through it. And like I said, losing her kind of just switched something in me that said, I need to do more. I need to, I, I need to do something more than what I'm actually doing, you know? And I've, yeah. I've, I did get a higher education. I get a, I got a college degree, which I'm not using and not for lack of trying, but again, it's society's uh, being, not being ready to accept individuals with different abilities in the workforce. Have you considered making a job out of your life, kind of like what I do? Have you considered like being a consultant on your own? Honestly, I think that's what I'm trying to do. But at this point, I'm just starting out. So I'm learning as I go. That's why I'm being so transparent about the way I live my life or yeah. about the extent of the services that I use or the help that I need. Um, yeah. So that's what I'm, I'm trying to work on it. But it's so new to me. And so uh, it's very fresh and it's still in its infancy. But it might take me a while, but that's my hope. Well, hey, if you need a mentor, if you need somebody to like guide you, I've been doing this for 10 years. So let me know. That'd be awesome. I would totally appreciate that. Thank you for offering. I mean, I I think, you know, it's really hard to find work. And I remember when I had to do it and decide that this is what I want to do and this is how I'm going to make my living. And yes, I'm so supported by the Canadian version of SSI. And I'm so, I still have those safeguards in place, but I want to make my own money and I want to be self-sufficient and like realizing that you can turn what people think is a tragedy, people think disability is a tragedy, when you realize and show them that like, I'm proud to be disabled, I'm proud to be in this body that you don't know how to, to, to navigate. Let's talk about that. I think there's a lot of stories that you could turn into talks, you could turn it into a podcast, you could, there are ways to turn the experience, what you're already trying to do into something tangible and marketable that people would wanna focus on. Cause it's not an, like, I do it and I know there are people that do it and have done very well with it, but the, you have an experience um, also as a, as, a, as a disabled woman talking about this stuff, it doesn't happen very often. So there's, I think there are huge avenues for you to make some change. That sounds awesome. I mean, that's basically, as I said, that's why I've started um, being so open about my journey because that's my ultimate goal is to just not necessarily become an Instagrammer or uh, become, you know, become famous or what have you, but to spur some change because society could be better. Society needs to be better. They need to do more. I'm a big advocate yeah. of universal design and, you know, it's just in integrating people like me or and other individuals with physical disabilities into mainstream society is what needs to get done. And I would appreciate yeah. whatever guidance and assistance you could offer because, you know, like I said, I'm just trying to spur some change and in the process, live my best life and 
uh, do what I love to do, which is like go out and have fun with my friends. And, you know, I don't mind sitting down, well, pun intended, sitting down <laughs> for coffee because I literally sit all day. That's what I do. But I don't mind sitting down for coffee and, um, yeah. you know, talking to people about how I live my life. I mean, there's something in there that could definitely be turned into to a career. That uh, makes I me excited, it, you know, by the way. Like, I did it. And it's it's not easy. And it's hard to get a foothold because, unfortunately, we only give this platform to, you know, white disabled men who have spinal cord injuries, unfortunately. But, but you know, there is there are opportunities there. And I had to claw my way through. And I'm ha- I would love to offer that to you because I think it, there just needs to be more. And I will gladly accept it. I mean, I've been encouraged to do podcast, or I've been encouraged to create my own podcast and like do videos. But it's um, like I said, I'm just starting out, and I'm not really comfortable with seeing myself on screen because I, I've told my friends this. I didn't. I just. I don't think I'm not that interesting, and people are shocked when I say that. They're like, "You're very interesting. What are you talking about?" I'm like. No, I'm just me trying to live. You know what? Is, what is interesting about that? No, um, there's stuff there. There's, I'm sure, there's stories there, and we need more disabled stories. We need more disabled stories from women, and we need more disabled stories from people who are not white cis men talking about stuff. Like I love what I've done, and I love what I built, but I also recognize my huge privilege there. And like, uh, and you know, and I, I, I would, I think that you could open doors for a lot of other people too. So I think, I think. I appreciate that. I mean, those words are very humbling and I'm honored that they come from you because I've seen the following that you have, not just in the um, men and not just in the white community, but also in with people with different backgrounds and sexes and things like that. And um, I, I relate a lot to you because like I said, you're very honest, you're very truthful, um, you know, and if, and it's, it's very in your face. And if you don't like it, well, that's too bad. Yeah, some people don't like it. Some people don't like it, but I really don't care. Um, um, but but let's go back for a second, because I think you said you've you've never gone on a date, right? You've never dated? Probably. I never dated. And um, I'm like I said, I'm very open about that. I've never been on a single date. I often okay, call myself. Okay. So let's so so let's let's um let's go there for a minute. If you could design the perfect date for you and a person, what would you, what, when you go on your first date, what do you want it to be? Um, well, I mean, knowing that, how I have access to the community, it doesn't have to be anything big. I'm not that fancy of a girl. I'm very simple. I mean, it could be dinner and flowers or just coffee and a great conversation. You just need to be, you need to be nice. I'm looking for a gentleman that hasn't forgotten, you know, his manners, that doesn't want to be my boyfriend right away without meeting me. I've had a lot of those that they don't even want to take me out on a date. And they're we this is sight unseen, mind you. And I've already been asked to be somebody's um girlfriend on multiple occasions. And no, I'm like, that's too no. weird. No, no, no. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Okay. And this that's... is yeah. And this is only actually talking for a very short amount of time. That's like, whoa, wait a minute. Back the single, you know, back the relationship train up a bit. We haven't even shared a meal and you already want to put a label on it. 
So no, I often refer, I haven't been on a date and ever. And I often refer to myself as the Hispanic version of Drew uh, Barrymore's Never Been Kissed because literally- Oh, I love that movie. First of all, I love that movie. Literally, I can relate a lot to Drew Barrymore who did not, you know, experience the dating life until she uh, was in that position as a reporter uh, hence the plot of the movie as a reporter for the Chicago Sun Times. So, um, no, I dating has not been good to me, and I still keep trying, nonetheless, because I've seen couples that are in my position or that they're interabled couples, and I just, you know, and even if the other person had a disability, I'm open to that too. But it's just like, come on, it's just like, what happened to being a gentleman and just buying a girl dinner and treating her nicely and giving her flowers. Am I, am I too old fashioned? Am I, you know, like, why do you need to, why do I need to be your girlfriend tomorrow? Like what? I don't. Yes. I had a, I had a dude say that to me once. He's like, can we be boyfriends? I was like, we've not met. We don't know each other. What are you talking? What are you even talking about? Like, I probably just want to suck your dick and then you can go home. I don't know why. Like, how, How did we go from this hooking up maybe to now we're going to be boyfriends excuse me what yes exactly it's like you know we've yes we have had conversations at, but that's all it's been we haven't shared meals together and you already wanted to put a label on it it's like what is wrong with this picture so and you we can totally shift gears if not but i want to ask you do you can we have a sexy conversation for a minute sure what up what are you looking to talk about um well, I'm curious, wh- what kind of sexy things are you into? See, that's the thing. And again, I'm being openly honest. Um, you can't talk about what you don't know. Let me put it that way. Okay. okay. And I hope you. I, and I, I mean, I thought that's where we we're going, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to assume. So that's why I was like, tell me that. Thank you for not assuming, and I'm I'm just gonna put I'm, I'm leaving it at that. I'm you cannot discuss what you know nothing about. So I mean, it's not that I don't want to touch on it. There's just of nothing course. there to talk about. No, well, you you hit you hit the nail on the head where I want to go. Do you feel like you're? Do you feel like we talked earlier about milestones? We talked earlier about like things you wish you could hit. Do you feel like you are missing out because you haven't done that? Or you, is there a sense of grief and loss around that for you? <sighs> There's a sense of, um, and this is not to attract any unwanted or, uh, you know, ungentlemanly like behavior from anyone out there. Yeah, whoever. people be nice. Don't be weird. Yes. Don't be weird. Um, she says this. This is not to, I'm not, you know, asking for anything or what have you, but do I feel like I'm missing out in a sense? Yes. Do, am I in a hurry to do Am I am I already get there? No. Would I like to get there eventually? Oh, absolutely. But again, I mean, that's just not something that I'm looking to do from one one date to the other. You know, I mean, there's a way to approach somebody about it, and you know, and there's a way not to. So I'm yeah. Called me old fashioned, but um, I'm a hopeless romantic. I just, I haven't met the right person yet. You know, all it has been, all it's been is just a lot of conversation. And the majority of the time 
when they find out I'm in a wheelchair, they run for the hills, literally. And I'm not saying it's because of the chair. They just, I don't actually, I actually. Oh, no, it's why. because of the chair. And they're, they're, they're scared. And yeah. they don't have the balls to tell you they're scared because, because. You said it, not me, but I mean, yeah. No, I, I, I'll say it. I'll say it. They don't have the balls to just tell you the truth and I mean, say, you know what, you're weird. Your chair scares me a little bit. I wish. I wish dudes would just be more honest about that so I can move the fuck on. Or if I want to hang out with you, I can say, okay, I can teach you about this. Let's yes. talk about it together. And then you won't be scared anymore. But exactly. if you don't tell me, I don't know. Exactly. And um, ghosting, gentlemen, don't do it. You know, and women do it too. I've don't heard. ghost a gimp. It's not nice. Don't ghost a gimp. It and even kind. if they're not a gimp, even if they're able body, you know, is they're just as good as the next person. Just don't do it in general. It's not nice. Yeah, I mean, it's not cool. It sucks. Um, we went all over the map with all the things that we could possibly talk about in this interview. We went everywhere, and you jumped right in. Like I didn't even have to ask you the first two questions because you would just oh, went in there for us. Absolutely. I mean, if you, uh, I can keep going if you want me to, or just tell me to shut up, or if it's time to end the show because. This is this is what I love to do. <laughs> well, I don't want to end the show just yet because I want people to know how to get a hold of you. How Absolutely. can they follow you? How can they support you? How can they where do they, uh, where do they go to find you? Um, I do have a blog. It, it is in the process of being revanded, re, uh, branded. So, and I'm building a new website. So it's going along very slowly. Um, so I won't give you the contact to my blog because that'll be changing sooner hopefully mm-hmm. rather than later but go ahead and follow me on facebook it's um i have un- i'm under the name gabby's real gabby's real life it's uh my name is gabriella but everybody calls me gabby so it's g-a-b as in boy y-s real life the, i hope people understand the pun instead of real i use real so and i'm also on um- in- I'm sure they got it. I, I, I do bad I do bad puns all the time here. They understand. They get it, they get it. I'm also on Instagram under the same uh, hashtag, Gabby's Real Life. Um, and just hit me up there and send me a message. Um, I will probably screen a lot of you to make sure it's not inappropriate images. Don't send dick photos to Gabriella, please, folks. It's not, not cool. Inter- it's kind not of- interested. It's kind of gross. And if she wants to see that, she'll ask you. Amen. Won't anybody just like, hey, show me. But no, I don't want to see it. Don't want to see it. But, <laughs> just, like, um, just like, hey, show me. If for some reason you can't find me, just um, if you don't mind me telling people a message or email Andrew and he'll hook you up to my Insta and Facebook. Yeah, um, please. If you want to be in touch with her about Association of Horizon, Horizons Camp, um, uh, all those things too, because I think that's a really cool thing you're doing, and I'm really gl- you. glad that you're um, that you're a part of that. Uh, Gabriella Salgado, this was so fun and so great, and thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. I can't believe it's over. I just went by so quickly. It was so natural, and it, I just love being on your show. I love following you on Insta because you're awesome. I can relate to you totally and you're great and keep on being you, Andrew. 
Well, thank you so much. And, I, and it was so, it's such a pleasure to talk with you. And I'm serious about what I said. I really want to help you and I want to help this thing grow. Um, so let's stay in touch. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, we'll be in touch. We'll talk on Insta, Facebook, email. You know how to get a hold of me. Yeah, we'll do it for sure. All right, Gabby, thanks so much for coming on. We'll talk soon. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Bye. Bye. All right, friends, that's another episode of Disability After Dark. From me, your disabled daddy, Andrew Gerza. If you want to follow my work, you can follow me on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, at andrewgerza underscore, or you can follow my website, www.andrewgerza.com, to find out more about what I do. And, of course, you can follow us on Patreon to get the show one day early and completely ad-free by going to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark, or you can send us an email to disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com and let us know your ideas for an episode, for a minisode, or for a guest spot. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back to shine a bright light on your disabled stories next time. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Drew Gerza and Wheels on the Ground Productions. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright 2020-2021